the next episode of Nerd Flicks and Chill will start in three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, this is Nick. And this is Carrie. And we are Nerd Flicks and Chill. And we are going to do something a little bit different. We've actually picked up a new show that we're going to be doing weekly recaps of. And that is the HBO series Sharp Objects with Amy Adams. So uh, a little bit out of our normal kind of uh, uh, show that we would recap. But this one just struck me as really interesting. And I think it's worthy of being talked about. I do too, especially with, um, I know that you and I personally have talked about the show, uh, Big Little Lies, and I've been trying to get you to watch it. It's so good. You need to watch it. And this is by the same team of people, I believe. So, uh, yeah, you need to watch that. If you have at all a positive, feeling about this series just from this season opener i think you'll like big little lies as well yeah sharp objects is an adaptation of a book written by jillian flynn who also wrote dark places and gone girl so uh you know, this is a, an adaptation. It's kind of in that psychological thriller genre. It immediately, when you watch it, it evokes some kind of Silence of the Lambs meets Twin Peaks, things that are deeply psychological. And I think one of the things that I found so fascinating about this show are all the great little hidden details that exist. And it sets up this kind of murder mystery. Uh, but I also think that um, there are a lot of personal reveals about this character that Amy Adams plays Camille Preaker that are yet to come. Oh, definitely. This this first episode was a perfect setup. You know, just just give you a taste just to get the ball rolling. It didn't give you too much. It was just a perfect perfect setup. And I'm going to rewind just a little bit. You had mentioned, you know, this is kind of out of our normal wheelhouse with what we cover on this podcast, but I think for you and I, just in general as fans of good TV, of good movies, I think we can kind of open up our scope just a smidge to go ahead and fit this one in nicely. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have people talking about all different kinds of stuff coming up here over the next few weeks, but as we're hitting that kind of show hole and movie hole that we usually get a couple times a year, I think it's great to have something like this that kind of helps, uh, you know, fill some of that space. And I do think that, that it is a very interesting show. It's, it's, again, like I said, it gave me instant kind of like, Twin Peaks kind of vibes, also a little bit of like Silence of the Lambs in there as well. It's just that really good suspense thriller. And I thought one of the things that really stood out about this first episode is just how well crafted this show is. It's very yeah. well put together. It's very thoughtful. Uh, incredibly. Uh, you know, and it just goes once again to prove something that we have said almost ad nauseum on this show, how television it's just seeing this massive renaissance where, I mean, even for this, this series is episode one and already you have such good quality cinematography. 
the actors are incredible. Uh, the writing was just amazing. And it, it looks cinematic. It doesn't yeah. necessarily look like a quote-unquote television show. It's It has movie quality from episode one. And for those of you guys that are listening, um, we do not have experience with this particular book. So we're coming no, at this at purely from the show perspective. And I do understand that there was a, there were a couple of things that were revealed in the middle of the book that have actually been bumped into the first episode. So I think they've kind of uh, done a little bit of stuff there to kind of play around with how the story is going to unfold. But I think as if you want to call this a pilot episode, uh, I actually think it's really well executed. It introduces the characters. It introduces the mystery. And it has a couple of different reveals about the protagonist of the story. So uh, it really checks all the boxes that you hope it would uh, for a pilot show. Yeah, I mean, and you also have to remember that when you're when you're talking about a television show or you're talking about a movie that's being adapted from a book, it's going to move at a much faster pace, mm. most likely. You know, I mean, because you can spend so much more time in a book giving setup and, you know, filling multiple pages with just one scene, you know, um, depending on how the, the style of writing is. So, um, you know, knowing that this is, is from the same type of team that did big little lies and how they treated that, uh, they know how to craft a story. They, yeah. they know how to set stuff up. And, uh, I have no doubt that that's what we're going to see with this one as well. Yeah. The, the thing that I really enjoyed about this episode is the way it immediately established tone. There is a tension yeah. to this story. There is a, a tension to this location, a, um, a, a kind of unsettling location that they're in this kind of small town that seems to sit on all these secrets and it's something that we've seen done before but i think a lot of great suspense thrillers do that very well they establish this kind of world that may on the surface or at a glance seem normal but it's sitting on top of some deep dark secrets yeah and you know can we just talk about the performance of Amy Adams in this. Yeah. I mean, just from the first episode. I mean, she's an incredible actress to begin with, but um I would I would say in this episode she really doesn't have that many lines. A lot of her acting is actually reacting. And, uh, you know, we've spoken incredibly highly of other actors and actresses who are really good at that. And most notably and, and recently, um, in Westworld, Amy Adams is doing the same type of thing where she is telling a story with just the expressions on her face and her physicality with what she's doing without even having to say a line. It's so well done and so well shot and captured. Yeah, and I think that is why this show is such a great vehicle for her. When it gets to the story itself, you know, on the surface, it seems um, not ordinary, but it doesn't seem like on the surface it's it's something that we've – it seems like something we've heard of before. You know, a uh, girl disappears in a small town. Now it looks like we have this kind of string of murders. Big city reporter goes to the small town. It's actually her hometown 
and, you know, ends up kind of deeply embroiled into this thing. Uh, and while on the surface that sounds kind of ordinary, there are a few curveballs that are sitting in here. And, and the big one is Amy Adams' character herself, the Camille character, which is the individual whose eyes through which we are watching the story. She is the conduit through which we are perceiving the story. So her anxiety is our anxiety. And I think that's right. what makes the show very different. Well, and it's also interesting in how they are revealing that with these, I mean, to sound incredibly cliche, these like ghosts of her past where we're just getting little snippets of things. And each one of them is telling a story of its own and it kind of keeps you going throughout the episode. And I'm sure it will keep us going throughout this entire season with these little bits and pieces. So it's almost like a story within a story. It's like we're seeing her doing this reporting in her hometown, but then we're also getting little snapshots into her past. And that in itself is a whole other story. Um, and I'm yeah. sure at some point we're going to see how the two are connected somehow. But um, isn't it uncanny with the woman, the young woman, the girl that they have playing a young Amy Adams, how she looks? Is there some kind of digital oh, manipulation in that? Because it looks amazing. Yeah, um, that that is a freaky resemblance going on there. Uh, I yes. don't know because I haven't done enough... Um, you know, research to see what was done there to, to kind of make that look that way. I think the actress's name is Sophia Lillis. I think she just looks a lot like her. I don't know if they had any digital manipulation going on, but, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the actual similarity is really shocking and it lends to the authenticity of the show. Yeah, when we first, so, I mean, really, really see her when she is in the water and you're only seeing like, you know, from her nose, eyes and the top of her head and the rest of it, her is submerged in the water. I honestly thought that it was Amy Adams and they had just put like a short haired wig on her. Yeah, I didn't realize it was this other person. And then you later see her riding on a bike. And I still thought, Mike, that's got to be Amy Adams. They just put her in a short-haired wig. Yeah. And it's and, totally not. You know, the other part of this, too, with, with that kind of backstory of her being younger, it's setting us up for the fact that there are obviously traumatic events that linger in her past. We get the reveal of the death of her sister um in this episode but you get the sense that's not all and right. some of that trauma that she has experienced has caused her to have some issues uh with self-harm and with alcoholism in her adult life but i feel like part of this is going to be putting the pieces of her life together uh, along with how that and it, it, my my curiosity is how that ties into the greater story yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of a tie in there somehow. There has to be. Yeah. Um, as as to how that is, I don't know. And that's, I mean, one of the beauties of this setup, this first episode, is it, you know, I mentioned before, it gives you just a taste. It just whets your appetite. It makes you think, okay, I'm curious now. Now I want to see what happens next. Yeah. 
And uh, I think one of the really cool aspects of this is that the way they play with the audience expectations, like, for example, um, in one of these kind of murder mystery type shows, in one of these thrillers like this, we love to get into the whodunit. You know, we want to know who the murderer is. And what they've done here is fully create characters that we naturally suspect right away. And sometimes yeah. it's not just done in their words. Sometimes it's done in their actions, in a sideways glance, or how the character is cast in light and shadow in the cinematography. It's a really interesting moment when um, Camille has been out for the night. She gets drunk. She passes out in her car. She returns home to see her mother um, and father or stepfather, whatever that relationship is. I wasn't 100% certain on it. But when she gets home... And her mother is kind of having a, a little bit of a freak out. Her mother's face is cast in shadow. And it is something that you can barely see. And it's really, really bizarre to me. It almost was like implying this level of like face blindness. And yeah. just the way they, they cast suspicions on those characters. On the Ama character as well. Yeah. The way they turn that character and make it somewhat suspicious. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I love when... Rather, I love that there are so many more shows that are doing this where they are giving you clues right out in the open, but incredibly subtle. And it could be the way that the camera moves or the way, you know, light hits somebody's face and so much symbolism. And um, I think some of our favorite shows and movies are really, really heavy on that. I mean, because when you have a, a film geeks such as ourselves it's like you love to dissect and and to find those little things and you know when you're watching a series you know that this story is going to be drawn out over you know eight to ten episodes and you know already right away we're already trying to put together these pieces and trying to um figure out the game that these uh, this I was gonna say filmmaker. They're all, they're practically filmmakers, but the that the the showrunners and and the directors are playing with us. You know, yeah. That they they are. I have no doubt that there are breadcrumbs, and that's you know we love it when Game of Thrones does it. We love it when Westworld has done it, where there are things and there are clues from episode one that you you know when you watch further into the series it's going to have a different context to it and you go back and watch it and it's like oh my gosh they were telling me you know that this person wasn't a good person or this person was the suspect or whatever all the time but you just didn't catch it and i think i think there's a lot of that in this first episode because i think the rewatchability of the show is really interesting and and part of that exists in words uh, several times throughout this first episode, we see words, uh, presented in all kinds of different ways, sometimes scratched into surfaces, you know, sometimes presented on car radios, you know, all these different words. And I think those words, you know, I think they are providing us with maybe a window into the psychology of the Camille character. So, like, one of the first ones, you see it very early in the episode when she's in her cubicle. You know, you see the word ask just, you know, with thumbtacks drawn into the to the cubicle wall. 
You know, that's one example. Or when she's collecting the vodka bottles, you see the words bad and the words drunk carved into the desk. You see the word Mm. dirt in her, um, on the trunk of her car, you know, kind of written into the dirt on the car. Yeah. Um, When she's on the highway, there's the last chance, last exit to change your mind sign that you see over the highway overpass. Yeah. Lots of those little things. I think there was also don't be a victim. Uh, there's an acronym for the word stand in there as well. The word tolerate and the word limit. All these kind of cool little things. The scene where she's in her car where she passes out, uh, it's uh-huh. actually very obvious because when you look at her car radio, it just says the word wrong. Mm. Um, and then the creepy, the creepy one that I found is when Ama is showing her the dollhouse. I don't know if yeah. you noticed that one or not. Uh, in one shot over one of the paintings of that dollhouse that's in that dollhouse, the word girl is scratched into the painting. And then in the next shot, it's gone. Oh, no, I didn't notice that at all. I, I will admit, while I was watching this, I was getting ready for my day. So I was I wasn't paying attention. I was I was listening to a lot of it. So yeah, a lot of these visual clues were totally lost on me. And I have yeah, soon the- come to find out that this is a show that you do need to give all of your attention to. Do not watch it while you're doing something else like I did because you will miss a yeah. lot. The word girl carved into the dollhouse was kind of a chilling one, I I thought. Mm. And it's also interesting to note about that dollhouse, like, Camille's bedroom actually isn't really there. It's only half a room. It's like a door to nowhere. And so I think all of these things are clues about the psychology of the characters. And, of course, I think that is laid bare for us as the viewer in the final shot of the episode where, you know, we see... Camille about to kind of sink into the bathtub and that's where we see a very subtly done and I think if you're not watching carefully you may miss it altogether is that that's the reveal that she has cut herself several times over all the way down her arms and her legs and her back and that's where we get the word vanish that kind of pops in which is the name of the episode and you know kind of reveals that she's engaged in this kind of self-harm. Yeah. Yeah, this this series is I think it's going to be a trip. I love these kind of psychological thrillers. Uh so I cannot wait to see what happens with this. Um I think it's going to be a really interesting one for us to cover. And I know, you know we mentioned that it it's not in our normal like geeky, nerdy sci-fi fantasy type thing but again we are such you know we're we're fans of good stories you know and and i i think it's time for us to kind of open it up to a little bit more than that well i think one of the things that makes this um first episode so unique to me is that we're not used to our protagonists in stories being this flawed right I mean, usually our protagonists, particularly in this genre, you know, outside of like Sherlock Holmes, who's kind of a deeply flawed character in literature, you know, there's not many of those characters that, that are these, you know, usually they're, they're the, 
the Clarice Starlings, who are, you know, they have their, their internal strife, but they aren't this openly flawed the way that this particular character is. That, that vulnerability for Camille is really ramped up. Uh, based off of what's revealed about her. So we're kind of along for the ride with her. And I think this presents a really interesting storytelling method where, you know, we can see it through her eyes, not just the story unfolding, but the traumatic stuff as well. Right. I mean, usually when you have this kind of a psychological thriller, a lot of times your lead character is going to be basically the straight man. You know, they're, they're, they're like the control of everything and all of the flawed people are the ones that are around them. Or you have, you just mentioned like Clary Starling where she's kind of, you know, she's the rookie and she's learning. So we're learning about different things with her, you know, as, as she is, you know, you know, a a rookie on the force and, um, not necessarily a fish out of water, but just it's her, you know, first big thing that she's, you know, doing. And she's basically still a student and, and we're along for the ride with her. So, um, yeah, this is, this is a really interesting setup. And although Amy Adams is, is our main character and, you know, possibly a protagonist, who knows where her part of the story is. Maybe she's not necessarily the protagonist. I don't know. Right. Well, and that's also where we get the kind of uneasy footing that this show has also established, because there's that scene where she's talking to her editor at the newspaper, and, you know, um, she says to tell so-and-so, she says hello, and the conversation ends, the scene stays with her editor, and you almost get the sense that there's something more to why they sent her there. Right. It's like the first step outside of her mind into the larger story. Right. And that's a clue for us. I was just going to comment on the the actor who played the editor. I just, for whatever reason, I really liked his character a lot. Like, I love mm-hmm. the chemistry that the two of them had. Like, he almost had this fatherly figure to her, but yet he's going to, you know, push her um, out of her comfort zone. And I don't know, there was just something that I liked about their relationship. And I really hope we get more of it. Absolutely. I think the cast is pretty strong. You know, Patricia Clarkson as Adora, which is weird that that Camille calls her mother Adora. Yeah. I thought that was kind of strange. Uh, Chris Messina playing the detective. I think he's pretty good, too. So there's a pretty solid cast here. Elizabeth Perkins in there as well. Uh, so it, again, it's a, it's a good cast. I think it's a good show. I think it is something that's going to give us a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, again, when we, at the end of this episode where we see that body turn up of this, uh, kid, and again, that's done in a very creepy, uh, visual mm-hmm. form. You know, there's a yeah. piece of skin missing across the knee, and it kind of ties you back to when young Camille is in that hut and she sees, you know, the weird, porn images on tape to the walls and it looks like there was some kind of skin or something that was left out on the this the you know windowsill there you know automatically right. kind of instantly drawing these connections and you don't know if you know again it's i think it's in this show it's too early to try to guess the who done it aspect of it 
but it does, you know, start to kind of lay some of this bare forest to to see. The only thing that I can even uh, remotely say negative about this um, pilot episode or first episode and that it just seems so obvious to me and it seems so uh, and I hope that they don't go with what I think they're going to but it it just reminds me of these um, I don't know romance novel summer book movie or books um, that as soon as the actor appears on screen that's playing the detective he's like this really good looking guy like almost too good looking and I saw him and I'm like Yep, he's going to end up being a love interest for Amy Adams. Like, this is, that's too obvious. And I hope that he doesn't. I hope that they don't go that way. I don't want them to. But the way that they ended up having this, like, little banter, that you could almost think of it possibly being, you know, maybe flirtatious or something. It, yeah. uh, it kind of, it kind of frustrates me and i hope they don't go there but i'm pretty sure that's where they're gonna go you know i don't think so i don't think so i think if anything that would be uh, i i just don't see her character as as the type that's go i i, I don't know i just i don't see it i don't see and it. when i say romantic i don't mean like i don't i i'm saying that broadly I'm not saying they're going to fall in love and run away and get married. That's not what I mean. I mean, love interest, um, sexual interest, maybe. Like, I see something happening there. Like, it was just almost too, like, smacky in the face as soon as he appeared on screen and they had this banter. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope they don't go there. And I don't want them to. If they do go there, it, I'm going to be upset about it. But if they don't, I'll yeah. be very proud. But I also think that some of what they're doing is setting up false expectations too, because they have to keep the, uh, they have to keep the suspense going. So some of that's going to, you know, be a lot of pathways that are going to lead to nowhere because they want to uh, establish a story that's going to keep you guessing. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm just I'm saying curious. they're going to end up in bed together. <laughs> okay. But I don't know that that means romance here. No, it doesn't. But I At didn't all. know. I no, no, it doesn't. But I'm, I'm. That's why I'm saying I'm saying it in a broad sense. Yeah, they're gonna end up. I they're think, gonna end up sleeping together. I think the idea that I'm most looking forward to is just kind of figuring out what this story actually is. And again, I haven't done any research as to to what the book is. I mean, this is, you know. Big city reporter goes back to her small town home to solve a murder. And I think that's the, the, the single line definition of this show. But I'm curious to know what the actual story is. Like, yeah. is this the story of reconciling past trauma? Is this a story of using trauma to help another person? What, what is the overall story? And that is something that I don't have a beat on just yet. But I am looking forward to kind of figuring that part out as we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious how, what ends up becoming of Amy Adams' past. Was she a victim? Was she suspected? Did people think that she did something? 
was did she actually do something what drove her from moving away from home well and into being a reporter right so uh i think there's yeah i think there's some interesting stuff that we're gonna that we're gonna find out with this and i'm i'm curious and i'm i'm looking forward to what is to come from this it's incredibly promising from episode one yeah, like I, you know, I I thought about that as kind of a, a thing because I had this really uh, kind of a silly thought as as she was having that conversation with her editor at the beginning of the episode, and I was like, "Damn, things did not go well for Lois Lane. She cannot get that Pulitzer." Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, when he slammed her for her right, yeah, you're not getting yeah. a Pulitzer because you're not but a good I think writer. <laughs> the question, the question to me is that I was kind of asking in that in that early scene is like with this character, what what draws somebody into wanting to be a reporter and i think that's wanting to tell stories wanting to tell people's truth wanting to um you know wanting to communicate and how does that maybe contradict or collide with some of the other aspects of her backstory and her personality and you know how does that mesh together into this greater story and i think that's one of the things that i'm really looking forward to because they've established a story that is compelling, but I think they've moreover created a character that I'm very interested in going on this journey with. And you can come on the journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be covering this show for, I think it's an eight episode run, which I think is pretty exciting. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, this is definitely one that, that I hope, I hope engages audiences. I think that uh, there's a lot of public interest out there in it because you have such a big star. Uh, you also have, you know, a, a really strong creative team behind it as well. Not to mention that it's HBO, uh, but it's also, uh, God, I'm going to butcher his name, Jean-Marc Vallier, who, uh, you know, you mentioned directed, you know, Big Little Lies, but also directed the movie Wild and Dallas Buyers Club. So uh, this is a, a director who has a really great pedigree as well and is, is a really strong storyteller. Yeah, you need to go watch Big Little Lies. Yeah, it's one that I have not seen, believe it or not. I have seen Dallas Buyers Club. So there is, uh, you know, you can definitely recognize the, the ability to craft a story. So um, this is one of those things that I do not think this is kind of standard fare. I think this is a lot of very talented people working with source material from a very talented person that are going to be pulling off this grand vision for this show. And I think that maybe as the weeks go on, we'll get into the greater mystery of this show, uh, you know, the kind of whodunit aspects. But I wanted to take this first episode to talk about it and just appreciate the craftsmanship and the storytelling involved. And I think we have done that. All right. Any other thoughts on the first episode that you want to share? No, not at all. Um, other than the fact that I am in a new city this week. Where are you this week? <laughs> I am not in Scotland anymore. I am now in Newcastle, England. Newcastle. It is a party town. Yeah? It is a party town, and it is often compared to the English version of the Jersey Shore. Oh, wow. And it's incredibly true. Wow. With the, does... the way people dress and act and party, it's very strange because you have this incredibly old city. My hotel is next to a castle 
And then you have people that look like they just walked off of the Jersey Shore all walking up and down the streets. It's very strange. I got to tell you, you are not selling me on Newcastle right now. Um, well, the Jersey I Shore of Great Britain. Uh. They actually did do a series um, based off of the Jersey Shore, based here in Newcastle. And let me see if I, I can't remember what it's called. A friend of mine told me what it's called, but it's it's something shore, and it's it's takes place here in Newcastle, and it is based off of Jersey Shore and it's a reality type show of people here in Newcastle. Wow. I had no idea. Awesome. Now for those of you guys that are for those of you guys that are new that are um you know listening to our show maybe for the first time, uh Carrie is currently on tour with the Walking with Dinosaurs show and uh you're going to be traveling the world for the next several whatever's months uh for a long time. For a long time. For a long for a time. Long so time. We like to get updates. Yeah, it's I, I will be on the road officially for about a year. Unofficially, maybe more than that. We'll see <laughs> what happens. So we like to get we like to get frequent updates from Carrie as to where she's traveling to and all the great things she's seeing, like the Jersey Shore of Great Britain. All right, everybody, you guys have heard our thoughts on Sharp Objects, the first episode. We'd like to hear yours as well, so hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at NerdflixChill. You can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher, and if you are listening on one of those platforms, throw us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. You can also find our new episodes at lrmonline.com as well. Wanted to thank everybody for listening. Until next time, may the Force be with you, because the night is dark and full of terrors.